one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Schreiber. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to Indian Wells, where it's Friday night. It's 9.35pm as we come to you from Tennis Podcast Towers. Myself, David and Matt, we've got the tennis on the telly. We've been at the Indian Wells Tennis Garden all day. We're now back at base watching on the telly. There's still a lot of matches still to be played, still to even start, quite frankly. Round two matches being played just at the moment. And the reason there's still so many to be played today is because it blooming rained. What was all that about? I mean, I was not happy this morning. I mean, I wasn't happy with the the cloud, <laughs> let alone. I, mm. I had no clue that there was rain on the way. Uh, and I mean, it disrupted things for probably not that long based on normal tennis tournament standards but Indian Wells standards Catherine I mean you looked at me as if to say this this had never happened to you before well it didn't it didn't even occur <laughs> to me as a as a potential ob- obstacle in our day or or any of yeah. our days um throughout this tournament so yeah as normal as it is in tennis it just just wasn't on my radar for this tournament and I was most displeased by it and the the place looks all wrong Mm. in the rain doesn't it you said Matt it's like a a British seaside town out of season it just looks looks and feels wrong dystopian somehow I mean still an absolute delight don't get me wrong just less of a delight (laughs) (laughs) and then you get all the classic tennis things that it doesn't really know how to behave properly in the rain because instead of covering the court with a tent-like thing as 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 taylor swift would say they uh they get leaf blowers out to try and dry the courts and yeah, they're just sort of pushing water around just pushing it around and you're thinking there must be a better mm. system than this one mm. uh and yes i i speak as someone who who went out to watch wu yi bing versus alejandro davidovich fakina off Court he went. Seven. Off he went. Guys. I was. I was gone a while. Wasn't he was I? gone a while. Yeah. I saw two points <laughs> because <laughs> it took them ages to dry the court. The leaf blower guy got a huge round of applause when he finally <laughs> That's finished. So tennis. So isn't tennis. It? And oh. then the players came out. Two points. Started raining again. A, tr- a troop of ball boys coming out with towels, mm. getting a round of applause. That's also. Very tennis, isn't it? Goodness me, that finished quickly. I've just looked up and Daniel Medvedev is shaking hands with the umpire. Yeah, he didn't... That, he... that was... As we were starting to record five minutes ago, that felt like game on mm, with that, Brandon Nakashima. That is another reason you like Daniel Medvedev, isn't it? He, he is the faff-free mm. prince of tennis. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's... You know, he's a bit of a mess. Did, but... A shiver went down my spine when you said that, David. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he's, make a t-shirt with that on he's so quick be- between the mm. points and then the, when he wins match point he just does no shenanigans there's quick no between so- between po- between points is one of my low-key um biggest determining factors of whether i like a player i mean there are outliers obviously nadal 
um, and and plenty of others. Um, but those outliers tend to be people that you know have so much else going for them that you, you can overlook it. But um, yeah, I could do a I could do a backhand list of quick. I could do a quick between points. List, okay. I I, well, I want to see that list. And can I just I think it would be quite boring, draw attention actually, to the fact that he, that he... Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, in a quiet moment I'll I'll draw it up. What's Ivashka's first name? Ilya. Yeah. Okay. So that's who Daniel Medvedev's going to play. <laughs> And we've had an Matt, an, whenever you say Ilya of Ashka, Matt always follows it up with, he's quite good. <laughs> he's always trying to sell Ilya of Ashka when you're musing, when you're musing over a prediction, yeah. Matt will always try and Matt's push Louise Ilya of Ashka. I, I never go for it myself. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I just always try and convince so, Catherine. To get to my point, um, on the draw that we just saw on the Tennis Channel screen here, um, the first player that Matt saw in the entire tournament was Botik van der Zanskop. And he's out. And, and and the theory is that the first player that you see when you're at a tennis tournament is going to win the to- tournament. So yeah. that's been dis- disproved. That's true. I do always play that game. <laughs> the first players I'm going to see are going to win the tournament. Although Who's going to win the women's tournament? Uh, Amanda Anisimova. Oh, well. Who is yet she's to play. In. She's been I a victim saw of the rain. Carolina Mukova, though, before, just before Matt clocked Anisimova. Okay. So What's Mukova doing? She's still in the tournament, but she's got a She's got Azarenka tomorrow, tomorrow, yeah. First up. That's not very easy. Good match. I mean, look, if she can stay fit, she could win the tournament, but obviously she won't. She'll fall over in the third game or something. I hope she... she, Mm. I wish her well. I wish her well. If she had a run, like a run of good health, Mm. how good do you you think she could actually be? She should be top top 10. If she's fit, she's a top 10 player, I think. I think she could be top 10. Yeah. Wow. I think I, I had her in my year-end top 10, didn't I, a couple of years ago? One of the years when she got consistently I injured. still don't think I really know what sort of player she is. All I know is that... She's that a bit Ash, of everything. Ash Barty rates her. That she yeah. just thinks she's a baller of a player, you know. Mm. Her she kind is. of player. She's got all sorts of tools, um, apart from a, a body, which oh. is quite useful in tennis. Anyway, uh, what has been happening... Um, what do we want to do first? We want to do what's been happening with us or what's been happening with the important stuff, the tennis. (laughs) I'm going with us. (laughs) Uh, well, we've been kept very, but you know, you know how afraid I was that, um, that our meet and greets would be embarrassingly poorly attended. Uh, well, I don't, I don't. I don't want to suggest any degree of complacency at all. Please, please, still come if you're planning to come. <laughs> uh, the well could run dry at any moment, but so far they've been going very well, and uh, you've you've done us proud by showing up at our meet and greets at the on location booth on site at Indian Wells, and we've loved it. We've loved meeting so many of you. It has been good vibes only hasn't it oh it's been it's been brilliant yeah one of my favorite things is the number of people who have ready on their phone a picture of their dog to show (laughs) Catherine. (laughs) it's the best it's like we haven't prepared anything we haven't come with signed uh sitsipas style autographs (laughs) but uh they all have their their dogs ready, and uh, and I we love appreciate it. it. Yeah, I mean, everyone's imagine, so nice. Imagine Catherine, if twenty years ago you were allowed to kind of create the perfect existence of of a job, and your job was to talk about tennis and have people come up and show you pictures of their <laughs> dogs, and that was something one could get paid for. Imagine that if yeah. you'd have told what. 15-year-old Catherine Whitaker that, that that would happen. Yeah, it's like the universe sent the rain just to keep my feet on the ground mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, yeah, it is... It Honestly, we won't bang on about it for, for too long, but um, just want to say thank you because it's been an absolute treat to meet so many of you. And uh, we're going to continue doing these meet and greets for anybody that can make it to Indian Wells, that's planning to make it to Indian Wells. Look, if if you don't fancy meeting us... That's fine, but if you do, um, keep across our social media. We'll be letting you know each day uh, what time we'll be uh, hanging around at the booth, playing it cool if no one's there. 
<laughs> just sort of trying to look as if uh, we, we're just sort of yeah know, we're just this having, is, having a bit of a chill out here hang out between the hours of 12 and 1 um yeah so tomorrow uh as we record this so saturday uh, we'll be there between 12 30 and 1 in the afternoon so do come along and say hi and look out on our social media for alerts of uh, a future time slots a bit of other housekeeping for you on the on location front because of course it is courtesy of on location that we are all here at indian wells at the bmp paribas open for the first time as a podcast team and on location are offering any podcast listener who books a tennis package in the steve fogel's international tennis tools booth on site at the BNP Paribas Open, a 5% discount on the total package. If you, if you book on site, in the booth, while you're meeting us and sheltering from the rain. That, we're not doing that again. We're not having <laughs> any more rain. I've, I've had enough now. Um, so there's all sorts on offer in the uh, Steve Fergal's booth. So do head over there, whether we're there or not, quite frankly. And an update on the competition package that we told you about in our last podcast now this is available to us and uk listeners as we said in the last pod we desperately want to make this available to all our listeners but at the moment legally we're only able to open it up to listeners in the uk and the us it's an incredible competition prize package for the bmp paribas open here in indian wells next year three nights stay at a hotel transportation all included vip everything and tickets to both semi-finals and finals it is an absolute dream package and i gave you the wrong url to enter it (laughs) in the last pod and it wasn't even Catherine's fault because i wrote it down (laughs) for her and it was wrong it's open to all friends of the pod in the uk and the us and listen out for this folks because this is the right url it is www.toursfortennis.com forward slash podcast forward slash ttp www.tours the number four tennis.com forward slash podcast forward slash ttp that's tango tango papa very good to be clear so on to the tennis and i think the biggest result the biggest um shock of the tournament so far if it is indeed a shock and we can talk about that now is Stefano Tsitsipas going out beaten by Jordan Thompson 7-6 in the third um not the highest quality match earlier on today I would say um plenty of drama but just not necessarily the highest level um and I think you know a, a good deal of inconsistency from Tsitsipas really contributing to that and frankly he warned us this would happen, didn't he? He said in his pre-tournament press conference two days ago, don't expect me to win this thing because I don't be, I'm not expecting to win this thing or even come close because I'm not fit. Mm, yeah, he said and, he was in recovery mode still, didn't he? And at the time, our reaction was, well, what are you doing here? And, well, rinse That is repeat. still my reaction. Yeah, what are you doing here? Yeah. What were you doing here? Yeah. Maybe just having a nice holiday, in which case, I feel you. <laughs> Lovely. Um, but possibly not the best decision for your career in the mm. short to medium term. I don't know. Yeah, and and you're right. The fact that we knew all this coming into the match does make it sort of kind of hard to classify as an upset, really. You know, we, we, we all had Sitsipas on upset watch. It wasn't surprising to me that he lost this match, considering considering the problems that he has. What is a bit surprising is the nature of the loss, because it wasn't like he just couldn't play. It wasn't like he got absolutely thrashed out there. He lost the big points, and very often the the better players, even when they're not at their best, even when they're struggling... They squeeze through because they win the big points. And he lost two tie breaks today to Jordan Thompson. The first one, a complete blowout. Seven love. He just had a shocker. And the second one in, in the third set, his forehand just completely deserted him. You know, and Sitsipas's forehand 
one of the best on tour. I think four unforced errors off that wing in in the final set tiebreak, including including on match point. Um, and you know, it's a big moment for Jordan Thompson. We were we were all at Queens. Uh, what was it? Six years ago now, where he had his only other top ten win when he was a lucky loser and, and beat Andy Murray. And you know, he's not a guy who has a lot of big wins. So it's a massive moment for him. And and he played he played very well, but. Yeah, uh, an odd decision, I think, from Sitsipas to play, given given the problems he's got and and the fact that he could have used this time to rest and get strong for the clay court season, which which we know is is his best time of year. Yeah, I'm really interested in, in whether he shows up in Miami. Mm. Um, I mean, it seems pretty clear to me that he shouldn't go to Miami, even if he has a really good week of rehab and recovery now I mean as you say surely he now has to be thinking in terms of just being an absolute prime shape for for the clay court season that that clay court season this year feels massive for for Stefanos Tsitsipas and Miami probably needs to be a casualty yeah well I I do think this this tournament should have been a casualty as well I, I I get the pressure to play these mandatory events and you lose out on points and all the rest of it. But he wasn't fit. He wasn't fully fit. He was passably fit to play the match. He got through it. But he's been beaten by Jordan Thompson. And and with all due respect to, to a very good player who we saw really achieve at the Davis Cup late last year, I, I was impressed with him. He's not in Sitsipas's league as a tennis player when Sitsipas is right. And he clearly wasn't right today. And I don't, I don't like it. I don't like seeing players go out in front of a full stadium when they know they're not right, really. I just don't see the point. You're not going to get very far. And here he is, out in the first match. Just don't do it. Um, Another couple of, not, not quite shocks, but... Eyebrow raises of of uh, of results in the men's side of things. We've just watched Matteo Berrettini go out the hands of Tari Daniel. Dar- Daniel now going through to face Cam Norrie, of course, former champion in the third round. It's a tough old time for Berrettini, isn't it? I had to retire from his match against Holger Rune in Acapulco with a calf injury. We didn't see all of this match against Tari Daniel. We watched most of the third set, but it. Didn't look to be struggling with injury at all. He was moving just fine. He was That's just the thing. not up to I, it. I don't really know where we stand with Berrettino. I mean, look, I know he's had terrible injury problems and, and illness as well that kept him out of Wimbledon with, with COVID and, and all the rest of it. But he just looks a man bereft in that match today, bereft of form and confidence. And uh, and it, it's it's a horrible struggle it looks at the moment for, as he because he wants it so much he's another one of these bit like Sitsipas really great appetite for the sport and it's just not there must be horrible when you're grasping for it still thinking about that backhand maybe he's still thinking about that backhand mm. the one at Against Andy Murray when he had match except, point. Except yeah. maybe. The fact is, even if he hadn't lost to Andy Murray, he might have lost to Kokonakis in the next round. Or, you know, maybe he's never quite been in the form, you know. He was really bad in the first two sets against mm. Murray, wasn't he, in, in that So match. maybe that, what I'm saying is, maybe that backhand wasn't as significant as we as we think. Maybe that backhand was just significant in that match. But I don't know. And in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Denis Shapovalov lost today to Ugo and Bear. It's all, it was all just very Denis Shapovalov, wasn't it? Yeah, and he seemed to be gesturing to his box throughout, you know, sort of asking them to leave. And they didn't. <laughs> and he, he lost in a whirlwind of unforced errors from, from a break up in both sets and it just felt very familiar really you know we spoke the other day about Denis Shapovalov really pleasantly surprising us and it's been you know in terms of his his piece in in, in Players Tribune and still think he deserves an awful lot of credit for that 
it's been a very long time since Shapovalov pleasantly surprised me on the tennis court. I just when, when was the I just last know time? what to expect from from Shapovalov. No? When was the last time he surprised you on uh, the tennis court? Uh, pleasantly surprised me was when he beat Alexander Zverev at the Australian Open. What was that? A year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah, um, because I, I felt and look, that was when he was being coached by Jamie Delgado, and, and it's difficult to know how much cause and effect is involved there. But I think that Denis Shapovalov needs a proper coach and somebody who is going to help him package his game and get the best out of it. And uh, I feel like most of his matches are just rinse and repeat jobs you know what you're going to get you're going to get some spectacular shot making but you're probably going to get a disappointment after after well sooner or later because mm. currently his coach is Peter Polanski who has no credentials yeah I, I mean I don't I don't know Peter Polanski friend. I only know him from his his career um, which which wasn't a lot to be honest and I know him from Twitter, where he's made uh, some some noise over the years um, and, and put a few noses out of joint. Look, I'm sure he's they're good mates and that and that he's he enjoys his company and maybe he feels he's getting something from him. Well, the results wouldn't suggest so, to be honest. Um, and I just feel as though with Shapovalov's prodigious talent, he, he there's so much you could do with him if you were a a really top coach who was being trusted to do their job and had Shapovalov's buy-in, and that just isn't the case. And uh, and we and uh, and we, I think we had a, a little snapshot of it with, with what certainly what Jamie Delgado wanted to do with him, which is make him a pro, make him a real hard professional, and see what that could do. And I think that that's what's required. And I'd love to see an experienced coach who's been there and done it get. Get hold of him. Like when Grigor Dimitrov brought, brought Roger Rashid yeah. on and they were like, right, let's, let's flip and let's do this. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. And, okay, debate about whether Grigor Dimitrov achieved his potential for a, a tennis relived show in the future. But well, they're similar, he certainly, aren't they? They're similar, Shapovalov yeah, and Dimitrov. And, and Dimitrov got to... Grand Slam semi-final. He won mm-hmm. the ATP finals. I mean, Shapovalov has been to a Wimbledon semi-final. Yes, he has. Um, but arguably, I think he's even more talented or more explosive than Dimitrov. And uh, and look, he's still young. There's still time. But something has to actually change. This He is not going to, to achieve his ambitions or fulfill his potential by doing what he's doing right now. If he just keeps doing that and expecting it to eventually come good, I don't see it. And what was Billie Jean King's line to you about being young until you're you're not? I think you just said the line. You're, you're young until you're not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Or you have a lot of time until you don't. Yeah. Um, well, seeing as we're speaking of not being young, Andy Murray. What, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> <laughs> 35 year old Andy Murray is now averaging three hours and seven minutes per match in 2023. Is he really? Yep. <laughs> and it feels like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I was surprised that that stat was not longer. Yesterday, he played, I think, three hours and 12 minutes, of course. Uh, three sets, of course, to beat Thomas Martin Echeverry of Argentina, who's a flipping ball machine. I mean, I, I'd love to see his average match length. He, he's because, loving the gritty hard court with yeah, the high bounce, isn't he? Isn't he? <laughs> um, quite a stylish player, but just doesn't just doesn't have anything close to a, a point-ending shot. So it just feels like just feels like ping pong. Um, and <laughs> it quite was just, slow ping pong. Quite slow ping pong. Yeah, it was all just set up for for an Andy Murray epic. And of course, there were felt like there were lots of opportunities for for him to get that done in straight sets. Lots he had set points, didn't he? In the first set, lost it on what looked like a dodgy line call um, in the first set tiebreak. But of course, it's um, it's Hawkeye live, isn't it? So there's. There's no questioning anything. They run a replay and it was in by a millimetre and 
there was Andy Murray frozen, bent double in the in the centre of the court, sort of like a statue, refusing to accept that that call was really real and all the hour and 20 minutes worth of toil that he and we had put into that first <laughs> set was all for nothing. But but of course he comes back and, and wins the second set, just as David predicted. He said, quick set here. Um, and yeah, a quick set for Andy Murray is 45 minutes. I, I actually think that that's where you see the champions. I mean, I, I look, I know, I know what he should be doing is not having a one hour, 20 minute set. He should 28 be minutes. 28 minutes. He should be winning officially. I mean, that's an absurd length set, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I can never quite get my head around how players withstand the disappointment of not winning the one hour, 28 minute mm. set. Um, I, I'm, I always expect them logically to just tailspin after that. Most non-champions, I think, tailspin, but the the top players, they just don't. They reset, and th- and that's why I said he's going to win this set. I said he'd win it six two. He won it six one, and that's what him and Djokovic and Nadal and and the best players, Medvedev. That's you might get them for a set. But then you're going to think you've reached the peak and they're going to be just getting started. And they'll come out and there'll be three love up on you in about 10 minutes. Mm. Andy Murray's not doing anything in 10 minutes at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, it is, it is I take be interesting, the point though. and I agree with I, it. I'm fascinated to see how, because he, he made this big thing of wanting to win close matches last year, didn't he? And suddenly all he can do is win close matches. he's so pleased with himself for turning that around, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, seven out of ten matches I think he's played this year have gone the distance. But And he's won all of of his deciding sets. But the big goal is now win efficiently. Mm. And so how do you you get that groove going? And, And I suspect it'll happen. Well, maybe with a bit of luck in the draw. Yes, because he was due to play Pablo Carreño Busta. I had blocked off three hours tomorrow. I mean, that just that's, that just had lowballing it. That just had lengthy. Here we go again, all over it. But uh, Pablo Carreño Busta has has had to withdraw. So um, even though it's a second round match, it's a seeded position that Carreño Busta was in. So a lucky loser comes in. Mary Mary doesn't get a walkover, and it's uh, Radu Albot which, you know, is is definitely a kinder draw. Um, I mean, there is something, you know, as much as Murray, I'm sure, would love to win in, in two efficient sets, and I think a lot of people would like to see that, there is something quite powerful about seeing Murray in these slogs, because, you know, in a way, it's it's the... It's the slogs and it's the extreme effort that he always had to put in, which has kind of left his body in the state that it's in. You know, it's taken its toll. And yet, even when he's he's in that state, he refuses to let his body not let him still play these matches, you know, the ones that he lives and breathes for. Um, so... <laughs> You know, it's it's quite an emotional experience to watch Murray in these in these epics at this stage in his career. Uh, but yeah, there's just there's just something does feel like it needs to change. I, I don't know. I know it's sustainable at the moment. He's sustained it really well, but he, he does he's, need to be more efficient. He's got to get himself seeded for Wimbledon, hasn't he? He's got to get his ranking up. Seeded for Wimbledon. It's interesting. He was he was talking about his level and his ranking after after the win yesterday, and he said he said in press he thinks he plays around between six and ten tournaments fewer than the other players that are around his same ranking. Mm. By which he means the actual tennis I'm playing is far better than my ranking. It's just that I'm not able to to play it as much as these these guys that have got two two natural hips um which was an interesting point i thought i mean i'm sure the players around his ranking which would would have a thing or two to say about that and there's this tension isn't there between 
Yeah, I mean, I so rarely check in on Andy Murray's ranking or think about it. It just seems so irrelevant to to what Andy Murray is at this stage of his career. You know, none of what we've experienced with Andy Murray this year has anything to do with where he's ranked in the world. And yet, if he is to achieve what he thinks he has left in him, which is this deep run at a slam or two... And let's be honest, somewhere in Andy Murray, deep down, whether he will ever say it out loud or not, he thinks he can win Wimbledon. He needs to get his ranking up to get seeded, really, doesn't he? To give himself the best chance of that not being a total pipe dream. So it just feels like this. there's this... Mm. It feels wrong to be talking about ranking with Andy Murray, and yet it is a factor. Yeah. I agree. I don't think about his ranking, but but it is important. Um, and he, look, he, I, I know it was scrappy and scratchy that match yesterday, but he, he's definitely trending in the right direction in terms of his tennis. It is tough here. It always has been. Yeah. And the it's so slow and all the rest of it and high bouncing. Yeah. But- I mean, let's not forget. It, I mean, it is it is peak. Andy Murray lost to an Argentine ball machine here. Yeah didn't he? Lost to Federico Del Bonis when he yeah. was close to the peak of his powers. So, <sighs> I don't, mean... Don't expect too much from him at this tournament. He should beat Radu Albot, to be honest. But, you know, just generally speaking, there's a demeanour about him that says, mm. I'm enjoying this and I can't believe I'm pulling all these matches out. Mm. And as you said, Catherine, I'm loving it. He, at, the, at the end of the match, three hours, seven minutes... He looked so chuffed. That's the thing. I think big picture, he wants efficient wins because, you know, it preserves more of his canister and he must be painfully aware of his canister. But I actually think in the moment, in terms of immediate gratification, he'd rather... He'd and, rather what he had yesterday. And that gives him the buzz. That was a very interesting answer in the press conference yesterday. About he said, "Look, I, I didn't go that far in Australia, but the reaction I had when I got home, mm. the number of people that I met around and about, because let's not forget the country stopped for those matches that he was playing because the, whilst it was four in the morning in Australia, it was five p.m. in the afternoon in the UK." And the whole country was watching his matches that that weekend against Kokonakis and and then Roberta Bautista Good and obviously Berrettini. You know, the the listening figures we had on the radio for his matches were extraordinary. And 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 I think those moments matter too. I think he'll he'll take those with him as well in in his yeah. And the memories. things like the coming back from two sets love down record, yeah. you know, owning that. We know that matters to him. And it made me think of that, the the last question I asked him after his eventual defeat, the Australian Open, you know, when he'd been talking about how he still thinks he has uh, one or maybe more deep slam runs in him. And, I, and he'd been talking about this tremendous effort and sacrifice he'd made in, in this off-season to get himself in this shape. And my question was... Is it enough? If this is all it is, what you've experienced here this week is ends up being what all that is for. Is it enough? And I got the impression on reflection and having experienced a taste of the, the reaction to to that that he that he got back home. I suspect the answer he wants more, but if there isn't more, I got the impression that it probably is enough. And and that's heartening because it's certainly enough for me. Well, what did he say yesterday? He said, I am putting everything I possibly can into getting the maximum amount, amount mm. out of my game in the time I've still got left. And I'm really proud of that. And and basically, I'm at peace with it. If, 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 I, if it doesn't quite get the results, maybe I'd love, I'm okay with that. Can someone send him to put an arm around Dominic team please and Ooh, have yeah. some words well and and it sounded like he was reaching out to him in an answer in his press conference because mm. he, he named Dominic team as one of the players uh, he was asked about Richard Gasquet and uh, Stan Wawrinka players that he's 
he shared years with many many years locker rooms tennis tennis courts big arenas who have struggled terribly with injury just as he has and and when it got onto the subject of team there was a sort of melancholy in the air and he really feels for him I think Andy Murray yeah and he suggested that he thinks it's mostly psychological with team and that that does sound right to me I mean by all accounts physically team is okay he he looks strong he's moving well but you know we watched his a lot of his match yesterday against Adrian Manorino, an opponent he'd beaten eight times out of eight in terms of completed matches. Uh, he did have to retire against him once, but you know he had an amazing record against Manorino in the in the peak of his career, and he should have won this match. He was he was sort of several times in a winning position, setting the break up, and then he clawed his way back in in the. Uh, third set led the tie break a couple of times and then his 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 bottle has gone his his ability to deliver when it matters has gone and I, I saw the same thing against Thiago Montero the other the other day in in Rio which was another third set tie break defeat because there are there are so many flashes and signs that the game is still there. You know, the serves looking good. The it's backhand the that is so cruel. Mm. Yeah, because it, it, it you know, it's reminds it's like us the, what we're missing. It's like the sort of hope that kills. Mm. And you know, the some of the backhands he was hitting yesterday were vintage team. The issue does appear to be the forehand. It, I think his speed is down. He can't. He doesn't trust it. It was the forehand that let him down in in that tie break, and. And his demeanour on on court is is quite negative. Short, so short on confidence. There's just there's just nothing for him to cling on to, and it's really really tough for him. Um, you just you're just waiting for for a moment, and it felt like yesterday's match against Manorino could be the one. You know, coming through that, you felt maybe would have given him some spark, but as it as it happens and it's another close defeat it just feels like it sort of just piles on the misery there's something so profound about sport in his struggles i think which is all these athletes that devote themselves in monk-like ways to to what that to being the best in the world at what they do technically and athletically and look Dominic team does not look like he's putting an ounce less work in he he looks every bit the physical specimen he ever did and yet it can still desert you it it can still be completely beyond your control and that's just so agonizing and so it must just be maddening to the point of destruction, mental destruction, I think. Now, look, what I've heard about Dominic Team is that no matter what medical professionals and psychologists tell him, he can't get the, the fears about his wrist out of his mind when he hits his forehand. What I've heard is that he feels like he's going to, in the back of his mind, he's, feels like he's going to break his wrist every time he goes for it on the forehand. And, you know, we all know how it feels in our own puny little ways to to just, no matter how much you want to get a bug out of your brain, just not being able to. And sort of hating yourself and not having that self-control and self-discipline. I mean, I feel for him so desperately. Um, and I... I I just hope that all it will take is for something to to click, you know, um, just for him to get proof of concept that it is possible. But yeah, I'm it's not I'm looking s- good. It's not looking good. I'm struggling, struggling for positivity. But look, if anyone can 
give him some motivation, I do feel like it might be Andy Murray. Well, certainly some, yeah, some maybe some belief based mm. on how low Murray went and mm. and, and became. And I, I, I remember they played each other late last year, and, and there was a sort of consoling arm around the shoulder from Andy Murray at the net because he mm. knows what the real Dominic team is as a tennis player. Mm. Um, and uh, and 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 Murray's face lit up talking about his colleagues and his admiration for them and and i think his nostalgia almost of having shared all these years together and he he wants them to to get get the last drops out of their careers too mm. there was a, a slightly sad Guillermo feast performance as well the other yeah. night wasn't there Wor- slightly worried about his future anyway more positive things <laughs> um <laughs> uh, i looked up a moment ago and jessica bagula was love 40 on the Camilla Georgie serve in the opening game and it all looked to be going very Jessica Bagula and now I've looked up again and Camilla Georgie serving two love up in this match this is on uh, stadium one you want to you want to have hard hats if you're around this court with these two hitting the ball as hard as they are it's extraordinary yeah interesting isn't interesting this has got top billing Coco Goff was over on stadium two she was playing um, Christina Buxha of beating Andrescu and denying us Andrescu Sviontek at the Australian Open fame and also with low point in Reggie's predictions <laughs> at the Australian <laughs> Open fame. Anyway, uh, Goff, Goff beat Bookshire. Um What other results have we had today uh, in the women's side of things? We had a, a very Maria Sakkari-esque, <laughs> Maria Sakkari performance did win through in the end three sets over Shelby Rogers, helped out by injury to Shelby Rogers in that third set, it was looking ropey well, for Well, there was a moment where Rogers had 15-40 on the uh, Sakari serve, and if she'd have won one of those next two points, she'd have been serving for the match. I think if she was set in 5-4, she'd have been. And I said, oh, she's going to be serving for the match in a minute. <laughs> Three mighty forehands later from Zachary, and the match is totally turned on its head. And, uh, yeah, she was struggling terribly with her serve, falling over as she's trying to hit exaggerated kick serves out wide. And um, But she's got the job done. I mean, she, I just think there's a, a woman who's searching, searching for a road that works, the rhythm on the Hunter game, reliability, you know, it's just not, it's not there at the moment. It's all a struggle. But she's still in the tournament. Still in the tournament, yeah. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or on your smart TV in HD. Sounds great. There's genuinely nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere. And can I just sit and watch court shows in Longland all day? You sure can, David. Wherever the stories are, the rivalries emerge and the generations clash, you can watch it all with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Be there when it happens by subscribing to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. As is Emma Raducanu, who beat Danka Kovnic, two straight, very straightforward sets yesterday. 
despite massive injury concerns. I mean, rumours were swirling that she wouldn't even take to the court. Practices have been cancelled. She'd, she'd pulled out of the, the tiebreak tens. Eisenhower Cup mixed doubles event on the eve of the of the main tournament. She was when she was practicing. She was practicing with both rip wrists taped up. I mean, it was it was a bit of a circus in terms of rumours surrounding Emma Raducanu before this match, and then she goes goes in and pulls off the most serene, straightforward victory. I mean, it was of all the things we were expecting from that match that just was not it i mean it was very uplifting to see but surprising Mm. and then reports today that she was looking a lot better in practice russell fuller reporting that she was really ripping her ground strokes in a way that maybe she wasn't even in in the match and certainly wasn't before the tournament yeah i mean (laughs) maybe maybe that is the Raducanu story a little bit, that when you least expect it, she can pull something out of the bag. She's a fantastic competitor. Uh, and, you know, we saw it against Anka Kovinic at the Australian Open just over a year ago where she had blisters and figured out a way to compete and find a game. And when she can take to the court and get her teeth into a match, then... You know she's she's tough, um, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't even think she would take to the court, and now she's what won a match and has got Magda Lynette tomorrow, who obviously reached the Australian Open semi-final, but hasn't been hasn't been quite so good since. That feels like a pretty even match to me, close, to dif- difficult to call, and yeah, we could be looking at one of those pretty rare tournaments where Raducanu might even be able to get back-to-back wins um, which would be big for her I think but the main thing is just she needs to be fit you know we said it about some players at the start of the podcast so much of tennis is being able to play I mean it sounds really simple but it's true. I mean, you've got to be able to just get yourself on the court consistently. And she hasn't been able to do that for for so long. And I, I hope that I hope that now she can. Yeah, because, I mean, she's still such a great watch. Mm. It, it, we've seen her so fleetingly since she won the US Open. And occasionally you'll get a chance to watch her in full flight. And she still is a glorious mm. talent as a player. And, and I, I hope that we just get to see the proper Emma Raducanu, the woman that we know is, is there as a, as a tennis player. Um, and because injuries, they just floor you, don't they? They're, it's so demoralizing as an onlooker even. Our goodness knows how they handle it mentally. Uh, mm. the, the disappointments when you want it so much and you just keep getting derailed and you have to go back to start to s- sort of, you know, s- floor one and work your way back up again. Mm. But um, anyway, somehow she won yesterday. <laughs> so we'll see what happens next time. And after she won, uh, an interview came out a piece in the, the Times with Stuart Fraser um, where she talked about a number of different things. She said she's had a, a social media detox since January, since after the Australian Open deleted various apps from her phone. She said she's basically been living under, I think, her own little rock is the phrase that she used, which sounds like a blooming good idea to me for her. Um, I think there was... She seems to have slightly irritated her Billie Jean King Cup coach, Anki Othavong, if Twitter exchanges are, are anything to go by, by saying she used as an example of how kind of out of it she's been. She, she was asked about the upcoming Billie Jean King Cup qualifying match and she said she didn't even know when or where it was, which perhaps is slightly 
slightly unwise choice of sort of example, and but perhaps, I see what she's you, getting at. Perhaps you needed to hear her say it to yes. uh, to understand the tone in which she said it, because written down, it just sounded like she wasn't the slightest bit interested yeah. in even, she hadn't even looked it up uh, <laughs> or, or been told about it. And yeah. uh, uh, g- given... Anne has been out here the last two weeks, I think, for pretty, yeah, making it pretty plumbing clear when it is and how important Radicano is to it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She um, She's actually been ill, Radicano. She said she woke mm. up on the morning of her match yesterday and really felt unwell, and she took a nap before the match instead of practising. It's the way forward. Mm. Yep. Mm. It's always worked for you. And then she went and joined Russell Fuller in the BBC radio commentary booth mm. um after the match and had a little go at commentating david yep. you, you worried about your job it's not as easy as you thought is it Emma? <laughs> <laughs> it was good though it was nice yeah. you know that she, he got that time with her she, and... com- she comes across really i don't know her at all i don't think i've even interviewed her I've just been in one or two press conferences but she's fun and um yes i mean that was Probably not very wise to have said what she said, but you know, um, she's very likable, and um, and I, I really just hope the best for her. Hope she can figure it out and have a clear run Phys- mm. with physically. We were talking about Carolina McCurr at the start of this podcast. I just hate it when you don't get to see what somebody's fully capable of because of injury. Uh, Camilla Georgie Jessica Bagula news. Georgie is now four love thirty love. What is going on? Yeah, not not sure, in short. I mean, last time we saw Jessica Pagula was at um, the tiebreak tens event where she was not having the best time. Similar facial expressions tonight, <laughs> yeah. I have to say. Um, yeah, lost early, didn't she? And then had to sit grumpily by the side of the court. Um, yeah, this is this is not going brilliantly, is it? Uh, Amanda Anisimova just kicking off against Linda Nozkova. Matt, you, I bet that would be good, watch. That'd be a good. Well, I mean, you can watch. Will be watching. Will be yeah. watching very shortly. Um, what else have we got? Any other notable results? But Matt spoke to Barbara Krejcikova today. I did. Yes, for a future project. Here's oh, a tease. I love it when Matt does the tease. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, didn't didn't talk about her match uh, that's that's not what the future project she is did about. win her match did, did she you, did win her match Matt very didn't demand very to speak easily. to her about a <laughs> an unnamed future project after a, a heavy a, first Matt, round loss uh, win uh, only request three three questions matt uh, a have you ever spoken to her before um b what did you think of her <laughs> as a person and c when's the project coming uh a no Never spoken to her before. Certainly not one to one. I think I've I've been in some press conferences. Uh, she was lovely and very reflective and thoughtful and analytical. Um, you know, I, I didn't really have to ask too many questions. She she just came out with with quite a lot to say. She's a grown up, I think. Yes, that's what I always think when I see her. I think there's somebody who has not had it all happen for her early mm. she's had to she's and then suddenly it's like this <laughs> moment of clarity <laughs> I, I can do it in singles as well <laughs> and uh the future project is pending it'll, it'll be ready when it's it ready. will be ready right. when it's ready so just yeah. hold Don't your horses and just <laughs> wait what a tease <laughs> Jessica Bagula's won a game, folks. She broke in that game, so it's 4-1. Soon to be out of date tennis news for uh, for any fans of that segment. <laughs> <laughs> They'll all be thinking, I mean, Pagula's just won that quite straightforwardly, hasn't she? 4-3. <laughs> um, an, another potential segment for future podcasts, what, what did I call it earlier? Loitering on the lawn with law. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of this news segment. Uh, there is uh, famously at Indian Wells, there's the Players Lawn, yeah. which is this huge grassy Although area. Although not as huge as I no, but big. Thought. It's big, and it used to be bigger. David oh, yeah. was saying uh, it okay. used to be massive. Well, okay, well now it's a decent size. <laughs> it is lawn. big, and, and we've seen 
We've ben seen Blake... Shelton perform oh, incredible athletic feats on it all all week. The thing is, I never quite know whether you're saying Blake <laughs> because of the laughs. No, or... it's it's an it's a brain worm now. Right. Okay. Sometimes I d- on Instagram yesterday I did for the laughs. That was yeah. That was. Well, mistake. we saw we saw him throwing an American football around. I mean, he what an arm. he launched an American football. We lo- stopped we stopped in our tracks like the we? quarterbacks do, and and it almost left the. I know it's not as big as it used to be. This <laughs> still pa- big patch of grass, but it is football field length almost. <laughs> and he just launched this thing towards his mate, and it almost went over the fence. <laughs> and then he switched positions with his mate, and he was he running. Caught, he caught one one handed. One handed. I mean, you could see you could see a why he's got such a, an amazing serve because of the way he threw that mm. ball. The throwing action is what they always talk about, isn't it? With a great serve, and secondly, the sheer athleticism of the guy catching that ball. And then we we came across him the following a few hours later. Doing a skipping routine, didn't we? Like like Rocky in the in the I've, training I've see, segment. Still never seen him play tennis live, but I've now seen him do two other sports. <laughs> I mean, he was doing. I think you worked out. He was doing three rotations three of the skipping revolutions rope. of the skipping rope in between jumps. I mean, it, it was it was extraordinary. Again, it made a stop in our tracks. Yeah, and and he, it, all the while he just seemed to be having. I mean, talk about living your best life. Best we all time. decided we wanted to be Ben <laughs> Shelton. I don't want to be Blake Shelton. Uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't mind being Ben Shelton for a bit. I mean, I'm okay with being me at the moment, but Ben Shelton looks looks good too. And, and he's got Taylor Fritz Yes. Tomorrow. Very excited Ooh, well, Yeah, that that's tomorrow. Um, but yes, David's been doing some loitering, getting some, lining up some some stories, some chats. Yeah. I, I bumped into one or two people, so we'll see where that takes me. This is this has turned into a sort of tease. Tease heavy. It, it wasn't what I was intending. Tennis uh, podcast Shall I bring tease. you news of Wally? Oh, I should, yeah. Like Wally Masseur. <laughs> Indeed. Wally. This Wally is an eight eight and a half year old bearded collie, oh, uh, owned by David Good, who says he's quite idiosyncratic and obsessed with frisbee. Billie Jean also loves a frisbee. I like a frisbee. That she likes uh, this frisbee. She likes uh, the. It's a like a floppy one. Okay. It's called a squeegee disc. Yeah. Can't launch those quite as far, but still, if you've got the right technique, oh really? You can. Okay, well, yep. Billie Jean, I'm up for it. Let's mm. go and have a have a good old time. Uh, Wally is beautiful. Yeah. Would you like a look at Wally, David? lot of facial you can't, hair you can't see his eyes because there's so much <laughs> hair going on it's a sort of slightly riley apelka vibe um i didn't but sorry. a lot cuter without, but a lot cuter you're sorry without the Wally. attitude yeah uh idiosyncratic is a new um adjective for our pets mm. isn't it love that uh, so thank you wally and thank you david for bringing wally into our lives uh, we have our mascots. David's got Maisie. Right, Maisie. I've got Xenia. Hello, Xenia. And Matt has Darwin. Lol. Uh, <laughs> Billie Jean. Uh, still not enjoying the cold weather. Sponsored by Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss. We have our top folks and executive producers. We have Jamie and Drew. And I'd like to give a special shout out to Hannah, top folk Hannah today. Because Hannah, via her friend Nancy... Delivered us gourmet chocolates today. <laughs> what is that? Amazing. Incredible. Really incredible. In fact, they're, they're a couple of feet from me in right fact. now. I'm, I'm going to go dive in for yeah, another one. Me too. Um, Hannah, those chocolates arrived at a moment when... Of we, need. We needed at a, a moment, bit of a pickup was required <laughs> at that point. <laughs> it yeah. was raining. We'd had a bit of bad news. <laughs> um, so thank you, Hannah. And thank you to Jamie and Drew, of course, as well. If you want to send us chocolates, that's fine. <laughs> Um, we have shout-outs, Matt. <laughs> yes, we have Ada, who is originally from Cleveland, but has lived in Europe since 1984, most of the time in Zurich. Oh, I've been to Zurich with Tim Hemman. Uh, Not and, just the two of us. And I remember Ada from entering one of our previous mm. competitions 
Yes. Um, was was amazing, it from an opera house? An amazing yes. photo. It was. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Aid was a violinist. Yes. Right. Oh, there you go. I think she might have a... Is Ada the one with the indoor hammock that you very briefly got oh, hello. very obsessed with, Catherine? <laughs> Even if she's not, it's, a, it's worth bringing up because Catherine's face is lit what up. What a memory. <laughs> I think that's right. Yes. Thank you, Ada. Yeah, thanks, Ada. Ada didn't provide that information in this year's <laughs> shout-out, so maybe I shouldn't have said that, but anyway. It's given Catherine a nice vis- vision We've also got Penny Scott Francis. Oh, hello, Penny. Who hello, Penny. is in Car Shulton, but via Putney. Hey. Oh, hey. hello. Excellent. Uh, Penny says that her earliest memory of Wimbledon was bunking off dancing college uh, to go to lots of the big matches on the outside courts. They got this, she got a seat on court one. And saw Billie Jean King and a very young Martina Navratilova. Wow. While bunking off dancing college. What a life. Mm. Wow. Well worth missing it, I'd say. To yeah. see BG, BJK and Martina. Awesome. Yeah. You, you catch up on the dancing. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> well, very much for I want to know what Penny ended up doing with her life after attending dance. Is Penny a dancer? We don't know that. <laughs> she's, a, she's a tennis podcast fan. We know that. Let us know, Penny. <laughs> and finally, we've got Jimmy Piggott Bader. Hello. Who is in Tooting. Oh, near Putney. Mm. And Jimmy says, I'm a tennis podcast LTL, long-term listener. I had an unfortunate interaction with David a oh, few no. years back. You, you and me both. <laughs> unfortunate. When I passed him walking down the steps by Hemman Hill on a late Wimbledon evening. Two problems, Jimmy says. I didn't have my glasses on and I was listening to the pod right at that moment. <laughs> so a combination of squinting hard to work out if it definitely was David and being generally weirded out by seeing the person I was listening to walk towards me made for a supremely awkward exchange where we just exchanged quizzical looks. <laughs> I'm still lamenting the missed opportunity to properly say hi. Jimmy sounds like our people. Yeah. Because when I have moments like that, I too think about them every day for the next few years. Jimmy, let's sort this out. Let's let's meet up for a... Fly yourself to Indian Wells, Jimmy, and get yourself <laughs> to the Steve Fergal's booth. Then you can have a new encounter with exactly. David. Exactly. You could do that. Let's do it tomorrow. If that's too short notice... 12.30 and 1 local, local time. <laughs> if that doesn't work for you, Jimmy, given that you're in England, uh, Wimbledon, all right? I'm going to be there... Come say He'll hello. be there and he's easy to spot. Don't get weirded mm. out. I'm not that scary. And <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> mm. I mean, I do feel like Jimmy must have quite bad eyesight. Because I feel like without my glasses on, I could definitely still see David coming. Yeah, it's not, it's not the specifics of David's features that make him, that, that make him identifiable. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of tall tennis He's tall, is what we're saying. You know, but I could have... I mean, there's already been one person yeah, who's mistaken could, me for a player have, this fortnight. You could have been John Isner. So, you know, maybe, maybe he just thought I was a tennis player, given what a strapping athlete I look like. On that note, folks, <laughs> I've just noticed, by the way, that Wally, in this photo of Wally, Wally, I think, has a tennis ball under his paw. He does. Hadn't spotted that at first. Lovely stuff, Wally. S- sitting on a there US will be Open a, type court. There will be a picture of Wally in our newsletter. Yeah. Which will be coming to you soon. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, definitely, definitely do that. If you're not a friend of the pod and you would like to be, uh, then details of how to become a friend are in the show notes. And of course, if you are a friend of the pod, then you can enter that fabulous, fabulous competition with the prize being offered by On Location and Steve Fergal's International Tennis Tours to win that package to come here to the BMP Paribas Open in Indian Wells next year. Any tennis podcast listener who comes to the booth and books any Steve Fergal's International Tennis Tours package will get a 5% discount on that package. So you get to meet us, 
book yourself a lovely trip and get a bargain. <laughs> What's not to like? Uh, and we will be back with you in a couple of days' time with our next podcast. They're coming at you thick and fast from Indian Wells, where Camilla Georgie is now 5-2 in the opening set on Jessica Bagula. One last bit of soon-to-be-out-of-date tennis news. We'll speak to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.